Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Okay, we're live. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Jason. It's good to be here. Yeah. And um, we're going to talk a bit about health, the body, and the holistic view of of all the systems, I guess, today. And um, it's definitely something that's always always on my mind. And I was when we just when I said I've got something to talk about. I think that the main thing that I see about this um, was like a somewhat spontaneous recovery of years of back problems. You know, when I when I when I found the principles understanding when I had my first um, awakenings or awareness or coming into presence, however you want to call it, you know, when I, when I, when I realized that I wasn't the story of me, when I realized that I wasn't a victim or a survivor of anything, when I realized I wasn't an addict, I didn't need to go to meetings to be okay. You know, when I realized that my therapy practice had just fallen apart in one moment because it was all worthless, you know, when I had that realization, what I noticed, I remember that I'm, I can even remember on the third week of the first time I did super coach, I was in Prague and, um, and it was actually, as I, they asked at the end of um, super coach for, uh, can anyone share what they've experienced on this journey? And uh, as I was stood up with a microphone, I actually spoke and I realized, and I said, you know, like for, for 20 years, I've not been able to, travel without pain medication and I've not been able to go anywhere through the anxiety of not having it with me knowing where the pharmacy is knowing what I'm going to buy knowing how it's going to work for me and I said and I've been here in Prague for a week with you guys and it's not even in my bag I haven't even brought it with me you know and it's like and I'd forgotten it was just gone and it was like and from that point onwards I'd say you know I live kind of high 90 percent pain-free you know like without that bad back that, that and I mean when I say I had a bad back I used to describe myself a bit like Spider-Man you know it was kind of like sometimes I'd be like walking along the wall you know like holding on like Spider-Man just to get to the toilet out of the bed because I was in so much pain and I had a physical um scans you know I've got these MRI scans that when doctors look at them they say I don't know how you can still walk you've got the worst um six uh, discs you know like all of them like protruding and bulging and so on and it was like an, an, and um, having all sorts of sciatic nerve issues and and other, loads of other symptoms in the doctors all the time you know but that was the main thing for me and it just pretty much just cleared up and went away you know and it was like and and um, for uh, most of the time I get out of bed and I don't even think about my back you know it's not even there anymore every now and again I get a twinge and a, and a stiffness and and I take it as an indicator that I'm overthinking something you know it's kind of like that I'm that I'm you know overly caught up in something that's not important or 
um, you know, where is my mind been at recently? How am I seeing the things in my life? I don't really look to the physical, um, you know, to, to be a, a resolution. Sometimes I lay on the floor and let it reset, you know, and just kind of like get up again and it's gone. And, and that's it. And I, and I, that, that was 20 years for me of going to psychiatrists, physios, and chiropractors. Uh, I went to the College of Chiropractic. I went to everyone. I had x-rays, MRI scans, uh, medication, all sorts of stuff. And I just stopped all of it, you know, and I just thought it's never been better now than, um, than you know, like seeing all those people regularly spending so much money, you know, on private physios and, and chiropractors and so on that gave me like a moment's relief. And then I was back there. So that's my... You know, I certainly remember that experience of finding that physical freedom, you know, through no apparent reason other than like seeing that I was not the story of me, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really profound. And, and I resonate with that entirely. You know, I love hearing of those kind of experiences. For me, I had, I think it was about 25 years of um, also of chronic pain for me it was IBS that then became colitis that then became ulcerative colitis which is basically ulcers in your colon which makes your colon feel like it's on fire when you eat but prior to it getting to that stage I would just I would just have pain from not quite the moment of waking it was like a couple of minutes where I didn't have it and then I got intense cramping pain in my abdomen and then I would pretty much have that most of the day but those couple of minutes where I didn't always fascinated me and what also fascinated me was that there was there was also days along the way within those 25 years where I also had no pain where it just suddenly seemed to disappear so according to scans and tests and things like that like you I had pathology I had cell change in the body and things that were going wrong there and yet regardless of that there could be times when I had no pain and and I didn't get how that could be you know it just didn't make sense so I spent because it was so full-on and it was so debilitating and I also had chronic fatigue for three or four years at one point, it was like I just had to think about this body of mine all the time, this seemingly broken body. And like you, I had to kind of navigate everything around that. Would I have enough energy? Would I be in too much pain? Could I put that appointment in my diary because I already had an appointment in my diary that day? And could I manage to? I mean, it was just everything was focused and orientated around what was wrong with me. And, um, and it was hell, you know, it was just hell living like that. Not only the physical pain, but that kind of mental worrying focus and preoccupation was just so joy depleting, <laughs> you know, and and I was desperate to get out of it. And I was trying everything. I mean, everything. And reading every single book out there and on every single different type of therapy. Training and stuff. Just searching, searching, searching. But I was searching out there. And, 
and what was also happening inside at the same time was that every day I, I spent some time in the morning where I would, and I know that journaling is like become seen as this kind of really hackneyed thing, but it's like this was just genuinely what came out of me. And what I was doing was not because I had to or someone unsaid I should, but because I love writing and I'm a writer and it's what I've wanted to do since I was like four years old. And I would just sit with my journal each morning and I would kind of just pour out there what, what, what felt difficult and challenging. And, but then after I'd done that and got that off my chest, I would then just listen and I'd let this other part of me come through, whether you call it God or I remember reading Neil Donald Walsh's conversations with God and thinking, that's what I do. And it was just that sense of letting something bigger answer me and guide me. And I did that every month, every morning. I, I've done that for years, 20, 30 years. And I love that time. But it took me about 20 years to realize that I wasn't listening. <laughs> I listened for that period of time. And I got really clear insights around what would help me. But for some reason, I wasn't giving that worth. I wasn't giving my own wisdom the weight that it deserved. It was like, because that didn't come from an external authority, it probably didn't really mean anything. I was probably just making it up. And yeah, I felt loads better in those moments, but I was probably just making it up. And then I started to realize, and this kind of coincided with the time when I started to find out about the three principles, that it wasn't made up that that was my health speaking to me and that I could lean into that, I could tune into that and I could align to that. And so I just started to hear that guidance and things turned around for me very, very quickly. I've just passed the fourth anniversary <laughs> of the day my pain stopped. I remember that day really clearly. It was in July, four years ago. It stopped just when it just wasn't there when I woke up. And just prior to that, a lot of, a lot of thinking had already started to fall away because I didn't have to worry. I just needed to tune into this health sense. You know, I kind of think of it as my health sense this kind of inner knowing and it is not something mysterious or mystical it's just there it's just that knowing what to do when you know like you were saying about if your back twinges again now you go and you lie down and you just know that it it's just your body saying i need some attention the inner self is kind of calling you back to balance I guess like the word that comes to mind is extreme, like not for me extreme, but like for anyone who's not familiar with this conversation, it's an extreme different direction to look in because we're all so um, conditioned by the Western medicine, the Western, our Western health system, you know, as to how we experience pain and what we do about it. You know, it's kind of like in the whole um procedure that goes on you know from start to finish you experience pain you go to the doctor you get referred to a specialist you go and 
see them, they point out your physical symptoms, they give you, I don't know, surgery, physical therapy, um, treatment, tablets, um, long-term, like you had, you know, like long-term stuff, uh, medication to manage, you know, as best you can, you know. Um, and that's it, you know, there's no real pointing to that's why it's kind of extremely in a different direction to say you know well actually you have a system in your body that um you know points you to what to do or is always pointing you what to do and um i think for me that's you know i i, I see that you know and i also think that the other flip side of that is kind of like for me what i was saying earlier was that how i made made it so much worse myself you know i mean i think that's the other side of this right i mean like there's one that we've got a voice of wisdom speaking to us you know and, and really gently pointing us in a direction at all times it's always there and it's whether or not we hear or see or listen you know to what that is the other side of it is often that and this is where people really seem to get stuck in my conversations you know it's like that say that actually well we're often creating the suffering that we're experiencing, you know, like via our own thinking. I feel so well, it's real pain, you know, it's kind of like it's real physical symptoms, you know, it's like, and like you were saying, what really stuck out to me when you were speaking was uh, the days when you didn't have it or those moments when you woke up, you know, it's kind of like, because people say, oh, I'm in constant physical pain with this. And I think, do you ever get any respite? Oh, yeah, sometimes I get like a moment. And I'm like, well, how, if it's a real physical thing that's happening permanently, constantly in your body, how come in those moments? And it's a great um, opportunity for introspection. You know, it's kind of like, or, or to look inwardly rather than outwardly, you know, it's like, well, how come is it? You know, it's kind of like, so, you know, I'd love to hear more about that. You know, how come is it? You know, it's like that when we've got this thing that looks like a real physical symptom that we've been diagnosed with, we've got reports and medical um, proof, if you want, you know, it's kind of like that we get moments and sometimes days, times, experiences of absolutely no pain and just feeling free in the moment, you know? Mm. Yeah, and I used to chase the, how is this happening? You know, I used to, oh God, I used to spend hours analyzing what have I done differently that's made me not have pain. And I couldn't at that point get the correlation. But one of the things that, one of the things that I kept naturally doing, like the greatest solace for me, I think during those times before it all started to change, because it really was just, it felt so fixed and real and it was getting worse to the point where I ended up at, at one point being unable to take in any food without my body immediately rejecting it. And, and I remember this night where I was lying on the bathroom floor, shaking with cold. I think I was down to about, I don't know, six and a half or seven stone. Like I just couldn't get any food inside me. And I was, you know, my husband was just so anxious, you know, it was like, there was nothing we could do. And, and I, and it, I remember it going through my mind then, I wonder if I could die from this. And, and in the same moment that it went through, I pretty much immediately knew that that wasn't going to happen. Um, but within 24 hours, I was kind of rushed into hospital and 
load more tests and blah 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 and then I just I just released myself 24 hours later I signed myself out the hospital was doing my headache <laughs> it was like it was just such an unhealing place to be it was really fraught and clinical and unfriendly and um but something must have changed in that time in that kind of 48 hours and I think that's when I kind of really started to listen in. But going back to what I was saying before, this, this the sort of solace that I found was that I just, I kept looking for people who had healed from, spontaneously recovered from chronic illnesses, whatever it was, cancer, um, diabetes, heart disease, whatever it was. And it wasn't so much what they were doing, although there were some similarities, but it was more what they were seeing. And the direction they were looking in and the direction they were fixed on was health. And I, and I started to realize that the direction I was utterly absorbed in was ill health. That's where my thoughts, my mind, my conversation, my body, that's what I was sitting in. My whole consciousness was seeped in a conversation around ill health and my ill health in particular. And I realized that was not doing me a damn bit of good. And that was making it more and more solid and more and more real and more and more intransigent. So the further I went down that rabbit hole, the worse it seemed to get. And it's literally like I just turned around and started looking at health. I started looking for, you know, if you think of like a, a piece of wasteland, and the way that nature starts to reclaim it. And I started to look for the new growth. I just started to look for any hint of what's going right. Where's my ease? Where do I feel better? How do I relax even a little bit more? How do I get a little bit more comfort in my body? And I, I just knew I wasn't this unhealthy, sickly person. I knew that wasn't who I was. I knew there was someone, something inside me that was that wasn't that, you know, I'd been extremely vigorous and vital and healthy as a child. And I knew she was in there. So it's, it's as if this whole orientation had been towards all the problems and all the ill health and all the frightening things that were happening in my body. And I went as far as I could get with that and it didn't help. So the only place left to go was in the other direction which is towards well, what works, what's right for me and what's right with me rather than what's wrong with me. And what supports that in the world out there? Because the healthcare system wasn't supporting or caring for my health, that's for sure. So I needed a different kind of healthcare system. I needed something that was more holistic. And that could help me understand how to release that native well-being that showed up in those first couple of moments of the day and that showed up sometimes for a whole day or more that was there. But that I was somehow habitually living outside of most of the time. So how did I get in there? How did I get inside that health and live from there? And I just kind of kept asking myself that, where does health lie? What is it? 
what's it feel like? And it feels like ease. It feels like doing what you love. It feels like letting go of that narky, snarky, critical, biting part of you that just wants to tell you that you're wrong and tell you that you're well wrong <laughs> and just goes jabbering away 24-7. It was not listening to that anymore, not letting that rule me. Starting to listening to something kinder and softer and lighter, more hopeful. Yeah. Um, so I guess like what you're saying is that, you know, and, and what I've read from some of Dr. Bill Pettit's stuff, you know, like, and, and how uh, pointing to this stuff and using examples of the systems in the body, you know, like the internal systems of the body is that the body is, has a natural equilibrium, you know, it has a natural resolution to problems, a way of resolving things. And that kind of makes sense. I mean, if you use the example of a, you know, I, I always use it, the example of cutting your finger and just kind of what happens a week later, it's gone. There's no sign of any cut. It's healed. It's like it just naturally does that. And um, in one of the academic articles that um, Dr. Bill had written, it talks about, you know, the similarities in all the systems in the body, how they have a natural affinity for healing themselves, you know, for, for just working without, um, without our... Um, you know, without any direction from us, like when you digest your food, you don't need to think about digesting the food. It just happens, so to speak, you know, like, like that as an example. Um, and, you know, and we use our own, like you said, we use our own personal thinking, you know, in our lostness, in our lack of understanding of how the system works, you know, the mind being part of the same body, the same system, you know, all those systems that work by themselves. Um, we use it to focus on the pain, the problems. And I think, you know, like, and for me, uh, all the external factors in my life that looked like they were something that I needed to fix that created stress, you know, and the stress creates the cortisol and the cortisol creates the uh, high blood pressure and the issues with, you know, the breakdown of, of all those systems that work naturally by themselves, right? I mean, I'm no doctor here, but I'm just sort of certainly like giving my sort of, uh, understanding of how it works um but when we stop focusing when we start looking you know like like you said every day I was the same you know like about the back pain I couldn't do things uh, I didn't want to book holidays I didn't want to go places you know could I sit in the car even for a long time you know would I get stuck somewhere you know like literally stuck I mean it was I was in physical pain sometimes where I'd sit down I couldn't get up again and I'd be somewhere where I had to leave in a therapy room, for example, I couldn't leave the therapist's office once that happened to me, really. You know, it's like I could not get off the chair. And it was like nobody touched me type situation, you know, in that much pain. Um, so like rather than the mind using the mind to focus and look in that direction, you know, we're kind of looking to what's working, what's right, you know, what's what's healthy in the system, how it is working, and and seeing that I guess. For me, in the seeing of what I've been creating, you know, in the seeing of where my mind had been in that story of me, you know, as the victim, survivor, whatever it was I thought about myself, you know, and how it looked to me that um, 
I needed to get all my ducks in a row or all my external circumstances perfect before I would feel better, you know, then somehow I would, uh, you know, when I saw where my mind was, you know, on a daily basis and kind of became free of that and started being more in the present moment, that all that, you know, a lot of that um, stuff happened within the body by itself. You know, the physical recovery happened. I didn't do anything. It like literally mm. just changed by itself. And I actually had forgotten about the fact that I'd had a bad back in that week that I talked about. I mean, that's crazy to me after, uh, and that had literally been 20 years of going to specialists, you know, and stuff mm. like that. And I'd just forgotten because I felt so free and happy and joyful, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, one of the things that I love about Dr. Bill Pettit's work, um, there's a phrase that he used, which I think has become very well known for now, and that's that symptoms are love letters from the body. And, you know, I, I'd got to the point where I'd started to feel like I'd started to understand that my symptoms were benevolent, mm. that they were my body accurately, impeccably, lovingly reflecting my consciousness at that time, my thought paradigm. They were telling me my thought paradigm was tight and painful, stressful, irritating and uncomfortable, and it was burning me up. And that if I trusted them and let go and heard them and relaxed and didn't try to do anything about them, but, but kind of looked in the direction of, well, how can I bring more ease in? then the phrase that always came to me is that they would kiss me as they passed through, that they would leave me with this deeper understanding of myself as they left, that I'd have a more embodied sense of what ease was for me than I had before. So when I heard that phrase, their love letters from the body, it made perfect sense to me. That, you know, going back to the, I guess the prevailing medical paradigm, is to see a um, symptom as a sign of dysfunction in the body, that the body's going wrong. Whilst from a holistic perspective, we would say that the body's going damn right. It's saying, hey, hang on a minute. You need to stop in your tracks here because you're going way in the wrong direction. And this is hurting you. And usually, and well, really always, the direction that we're going in that's wrong is in our thinking. It's like we're getting caught up in a way of seeing things that's problematical and stressful and tense. And we've, we think we've got to work it all out and we think we've got to struggle and strive. And we're suddenly in this hostile world and we're this little person who's got to sort it all out. And the body can't do that. The body finds that really uneasy because that doesn't match with where our consciousness wants to take us which is into the knowing that we are in this benevolent universe, that what's happening is happening for us and through us, not at us and to us. And that if we relax in and stop having all this hectic thinking about it and actually just let the living moment unfold, let life come through as it's trying to come through, to give us and move us and place us and evolve us, then that can happen and happen beautifully and spontaneously and outside anything we can think of and conceive of. 
But if we in our kind of personality thinking and our small thinking are tightening down around everything all the time and thinking this shouldn't be happening like this and things aren't going as I expected or wanted, then we're like this ball of tension that's trying to fight against the force of life. It seems to me that that's not what it's about. It seems to me that it's about letting life come through and move us in places and grow us and unfold us. And that if we can hang out in the unknown and just for a moment try and see beyond our frightened perception of things, then not just our bodies can respond with wellness to that, but our spirits can as well. It's like we get to open and be in life then. You know, maybe problems aren't anything other than a level of consciousness. I often think that when I'm really kind of only seeing problems in a certain situation or scenario, I've kind of started to see that all that that means is that I've come to the limits of my thinking. I'm reaching what I um, can perceive and see. I've got to the edges of my known world. And that that thing that's coming at me just seems really scary. But if I can recognize that, oh, maybe there's so much more to this than I know. Maybe this is nothing like it appears. Maybe what's coming has gifts in it. Then it's like my mind can just open and the space then for life to come in and for amazing things to happen. And somewhere around that terrain of passing through the threshold of seeing something as a problem and being open to it possibly not being in that terrain, that unknown, unsteady, unstable place, all sorts of exciting things start to happen. It's just such a cool place for, <clears throat> for anyone to be able to see that's lived a life of suffering, you know, or, or has suffered for a long time with physical or health-related issues, you know. Such a beautiful um, space to touch just to get a sense of, you know, um, just to come out of your own mind, your own thinking, your own focus, you know, on, on what is wrong, to seeing what is right. You know, it's um, because everybody really, I mean, it's the same as in my world of addiction, you know, it's kind of like everybody really just wants peace of mind, you know, and happiness. They just like finding their ways to go about that. And it's the same in the subject of health and physical pain. They really just want peace of mind. You know, it's kind of like they just want to enjoy their life beyond their symptoms, whatever they are, you know, it's kind of like, but I've innocently, you know, found a way of focusing on them and, and sort of 
making them worse, you know? And um, just when you touch on that space, when you get an experience of it, it's just such a an eye-opening thing, you know, like to see that that is available at all times, you know, regardless of, I always say that, regardless of the past, regardless of the physical symptoms, regardless of the diagnosis, you know, mm. it's kind of like, and and I wish I could kind of shout that bit, you know, because it's like, yeah. I, I just can't like say how important that is, regardless of, you know, because I thought I was the worst, you know, I thought I, yeah, this is okay, but it doesn't really sound like it applies to me because you, if you knew my history, you know, if you knew how bad I was, if you saw my scans, read my uh, prognosis and my doctor's letters and uh, spoke to my physio, you would know that this doesn't work for me. You know, because that's just that's the way thinking is, right? But you know, that's when I say, regardless of, and I'm not saying I'm the worst. I'm sure there's people out there that have got this, but it's like we just have this tendency to think, yeah, this is great, but it doesn't apply to me. You know, um, yeah. and and that tendency goes in all areas. You know, like it was the same with addiction. I had the same thinking. You know, yeah, but this stuff wouldn't work for me because you know what I did in my addiction was worse than anyone else. The crimes I committed, the craziness I did, the self destruction I did to my body. You know, all that stuff. So yeah, it sounds good, but it just wouldn't work for me. You know, and mm. um, and and just saying that the space is available to everyone because all of us have that same self-regulating system, that same, you know, we can rest in that same space of perfect mental health, of not being caught up in our, in our diagnoses, you know, or our physical pain and just experience that peace of mind that we're all looking for in a roundabout way. You know, some of us think we'll get it through doctors, medication, physical um, changes and and so on and some of us you know are looking in different places for it but that's all that's that's all that people are wanting you know yeah yeah totally and you know this there's this thing about it's like we we keep thinking that what is written is fixed you know that we've reached this destination and this is how it's always going to be or even worse you know, so whenever we kind of really get identified with a label, whether it's a diagnosis of something physical or mental or just the way we ourselves think of ourselves, then it's as if that's what we're always going to be <laughs> from now on. It's like we just get suddenly locked into this fixed thinking around ourselves and we can't see anything new. But this fresh moment is utterly unwritten and we are unwritten within it. You know, there isn't a script. And, and for me, it was just so empowering to walk out of my script, you know, and you said before about you weren't your story, seeing that, you know, seeing you weren't who you thought you were in your head. And, you know, the other thing about diagnosis is that a diagnosis is an interpretation from within a system of medicine or analysis. And different systems of medicine will give an entirely different diagnosis. And some may be very frightening and come with an incredibly scary prognosis that says you've got three months to live or you're going to have this um, disability for the rest of your life or whatever it might be. Others are saying there's this imbalance in your body 
And others are saying, you know, I'm thinking of like shamanic traditions. Yeah, your, your vision's coming to life and you're struggling at the moment to contain your spirit. You know, there's so many different ways in which the same things could be seen through different lenses, but we're caught in the paradigm of our particular medical system in the developed world. Mm. And, and we take that as gospel. And we take what that says as what is, and it isn't. It is interpretation. And even those interpretations are changing all the time. So, so that's good to know. There's hope in that. You know, because even if we're diagnosed as an addict or we're diagnosed as this, that, and the other, it isn't the story of who we are or who we're becoming or what's in us and where we can go. In this moment, this fresh moment, nothing is written. And we get to listen into that and hang out in that. And the more we tune into that and turn into that, and see what else is possible. Then the more other options appear and the less um, fixed the problems seem. Again, it's that it's that terrain where we're teetering on the edge of seeing that maybe this problem isn't what we perceive it to be. Maybe there's more to this than meets the eye. I think if I hadn't started to get curious of what there was beyond what I was being told was going on in my body and, and in me, I would never have got out of that cage. But there's, um, there's an Osho card that has this image of a bird in a cage, but the door is open and the bird is looking in the other direction. <laughs> and I was like that for sure. So the flight is possible, the getting free is possible. And it's in now, it's not in our stories about who we are. It's in what am I beyond the story? What else is available in me that I can lean into and listen into? What else is at play here in the universe and in me? And we can unfix ourselves. get out of that stuck place but it seems like it needs to happen in our consciousness first it needs to happen in our thinking first that we are willing to look beyond that same old tired negative story about what's wrong with us and our life and our world yeah and it's going back to where close to where we started when you said about, I think as the conversation's gone on, we've kind of shed some light on uh, those few moments when you woke up or those times when you didn't have any pain. You know, it's kind of like that you talked about and, and perhaps anyone listening at the start might not have got what that was or have understood that. But as you start to see how it all works and how this has unfolded is that like we're experiencing that 
present moment, you know, being in the now or our experience of home, you know, like home being not lost in our thinking or our, or, or our story, you know, like all the time, yet we just don't know it. You know, we're just not even aware of it. We're just not aware that it's happening. It's like, I, I find it such a rewarding experience to sort of have that exploration with someone who's willing to look and so, and like, and they start to see, oh yeah, that's happening. How does that happen? You know, it's kind of like, uh, and like, and you start to look when you start to look in certain places. Well, how about here or there, or when you're doing this, or when you're with that person, or what? You know, and it's kind of like people start to think, oh yeah, well, I'm having moments like that all the time. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of like, but I just didn't realize what it was. You know, I just didn't realize that it's there all the time, that it's available all the time, that I'm living in it and experiencing it all the time, you know, because I'm, for me, I was so lost in my own thinking about myself, you know, that it's like, I just missed it, you know, it's like, and it took it being pointed out to me that, oh yeah, I do have those experiences, but I didn't know what they were, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. And I love that you came back to that. Yeah. It's funny, I woke early this morning and... And I looked outside and here at the moment, as we're, as we're doing this, it's September, it's like a beautiful, beautiful day. And so this morning it was like those hints of autumn in the air. It was kind of misty. The damp is rising up from the ground and beautifully sunny out there already. And, and I always feel like the earth just gets washed clean overnight, you know, when you come out early and it's so quiet out there and it's all just been washed clean. And I think back to those couple of moments, I would wake up washed clean and not thinking. And then I would just start, start on the treadmill of worry. And within seconds, the pain kicked in, like literally within seconds. And I didn't know it was that way around. I didn't see that. You know, I thought the pain was there and then I obviously got down. <laughs> but actually I was having oh, it's going to start, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in pain. How bad's it going to be today? And, and on and on that would go. And then, yeah, like you say, I didn't make that correlation at first, but then when I did those days off, when I was having days off from thinking, I was utterly preoccupied with something else. And I wasn't thinking about me and focusing in on all those things that were wrong. So I'd stepped out of the thought paradigm for a while. And outside that thought paradigm, it turns out that those symptoms did not exist. They didn't have anywhere to be in me. And then as soon as I stepped back into that thought paradigm, bam, there they were. Yeah, I was, you know, I was thinking that many people ask, you know, like, or get, can um, reconcile from an intellectual place the understanding of the three principles and its relationship to physical pain. You know, it seems like there's a, a real um, bridge needed to see that, you know, and it's like, and I think that when you see beyond the conceptual pointing, you know, and look to where is being pointed to, you know, the space and, and when you like we talked about when you experience the space of what is being pointed to and see how it, how the system works because it really is just a, a pointing to how the system works you know it's like and how yeah. we innocently take ourselves away from health 
you know, without actually knowing it um, through, you know, the conditioning that we sort of, that we are around, you know, all the time. It's like, then you experience, you can experience, you know, the, how the three principles relate to physical pain. You can experience it, but it doesn't make any sense. It never will make any sense intellectually or conceptually. You can't tell someone, hey, look, if you really understand this, you know, you won't be experiencing your, it doesn't, you know, it's just like mm. we tried for so long to sort of to look at it that way, but until I really experienced it, you know, and, and, and that's kind of how this works. You know, it's like just being willing to look. And I, and I love the opportunity to sort of, help someone you know see that you know just to see beyond their current what they think their current experience is and see what's available and I think that's kind of what you've been pointing to today and it's what's been my experience just to really um just for a moment you know to to rest in that place of of it being new like you said of everything being new and just being in the present moment and and yeah. seeing what you can see from there you know yeah yeah very much and i think what really helped me most of all in the three principles is the fact that sydney banks time and time again points us back to this um what he calls a beautiful feeling look for a beautiful feeling mm. and and go there do more of that <laughs> and you know, for me, I have come to see that there is a direct correlation between the unease in my body and the unease in my thinking. Mm. That if I am in tight, worried, negating, critical, whatever thinking, my body will immediately tense when I'm thinking like that. And the more I'm thinking like that, the tighter it gets. And the more it then spirals into profound discomfort. And, you know, when I'm working with clients, I see that as it can be anything from their eczema flaring up to their IBS getting worse or their migraines coming on or whatever it might be. We each have seem to have particular ways in which our body talks to us. Our body has a way of communicating to us. So whatever your particular symptoms are is your body's way of saying, this hurts, this doesn't feel good. And I think it's a single act of courage to really start to listen beyond that critical voice, because in a way it's what we've been taught to listen to. It's how we've been trained to hear ourselves. You know, it's like we, it seems like it's the dutiful, responsible thing to do, to listen to that part that's saying, you should or you shouldn't or you must or you can't or you you know it feels like that part's got authority over us in some way but there's a wonderful book by Michael Singer called The Untethered Soul and in that he talks about um this this 24-7 voice in our head that's just constantly undermining us mm. and he said you know if that was a, if you took that out of your head and that was a person out there in the real world talking at you like that all the time, you would very quickly get the hell away from them. <laughs> you know, you would not stay in a relationship with that person in any way. Mm. And, and yet we think we've got to listen to that voice. So our body is desperately and 
faithfully trying to show us this hurts that's not the part of you to listen to and it turns out we have this kinder more loving place to listen to and this is what I think takes courage to listen into the loving voice inside of ourselves because we're not used to it (coughs) but it's that that leads to what Sydney Banks was pointing to, this beautiful feeling. We know it by the way we feel in our emotions and in our body. We know that we're going there. We start to feel more ease and more flow. It's, again, it's as instantaneous as having tense thinking. So we've got this feedback system, which is 100% reliable and 100% for us. That's... That's miraculous. You know, that is a divine gift. And we really want to be listening to that and harnessing that. And that, I guess, is what I love helping people with, you know, is to listen in for that and get used to tuning into that radio frequency rather than the one that's jabbering away at you in this negative way. Yeah, I think that's a great place to end, you know, and um, it's really sort of um, brings things together, you know, what you just shared about about the beautiful feeling. And um, it's definitely given me some things to reflect on, you know, for sure. And um, so, like, what would, have you got anything you'd like to end with or you want to let people know how to get hold of you or what you're up to at the moment or anything people might be interested in? Yeah, I think I would just end with, you know, take the risk, take the chance to tune into that kind of part of yourself and start to hear that voice and start to let the bully in the playground voice that's going on in your head be less center stage let's say Mm. let's let that move out of it and let something else come through and let the living moment come through and in terms of um, getting in touch with me you can find me at my website and that's rachelsingleton.com and there's some online trainings that I do with my colleague Ian Watson Um, one of them is the holistic health foundation training which is all about the holistic health paradigm and developing your health sense and one is practitioners in presence for people who are really wanting to help deliver this to other people and help them with their health so any and all of that can be found on there and also how to work with me if people want to brilliant thanks very much rachel thanks so much jason it's been great to talk to you